So on all these realms, you got land. You also have a vehicle that corresponds to all these spaces that is remote controlled. And we talked about this last week, but it's remote control from the conscious. And for most people, that vehicle is laying covered somewhere, probably in the desert. And it only takes for them to think of it and keep dialing into it to access the bridge of their ship in order to call their ship, because that's how we operated. We used uh, another form of ourselves to move around through different spaces to bring us things from those spaces. Right. So this is also known as uh, my, my term I'm giving it is called angelics. So who lives in the sky, who lives in the sea, and who lives in the astral plane? Because these spaces are all populated respectively, and they're known to our ancestors as being the heavens. So diving right into this, you know, what I would have to ask, though, is what is the beef? because all these places sound so amazing. This existence sounds so amazing. It sounds like there's mythological creatures and all sorts of stuff happening, but it seems like this conflict is, is, is plaguing us. So I would have to ask, you know, what is the beef literally? And first I wanted to explain so that it becomes very clear to you is what the purpose of conflict is, is that since we've already come to a conclusion that we're on a boat, you can imagine the difference between since we got to go somewhere like we're, we're moving through the cosmos. So we got to keep going. Right. And so you could imagine that. Yeah, maybe in ancient times, our system of propulsion was riding the galactic winds. So we would open up our sails and then we would ride through the cosmos using the galactic winds coming from the stars to eventually visit and uh, generally. Uh, <laughs> what's the term I want to use? Um, I guess the term is panspermia, but what it refers to is basically seed any world you go to. And it's very clear to see that even in the word semen, that that is the whole purpose is to actually go and explore all these different spaces and then create something in that space with the materials that are there. We'll leave it G rated like that. Okay. So metaphorically in this boat though, Sales were great, but let's say later on we start using a different form of propulsion, very similar to how we're doing right now. We could use the wind and the wind's power. We can use the sun and the sun's power, but we choose to build these micro systems that are basically replicas of those things, very bad replicas to be exact too. And then those things are actually creating the same the, the same type or they're creating an energy, but they're creating that energy through conflict. But this is the source of propulsion. So I'd be willing to say that the source of propulsion right now for this boat that we're on is actually the conflicts between the two primordial forces that were utilized to develop the actual spaces that we're in, i.e. the seraphim and the cherubim i.e. Ra and Nu, i.e. fire and water, the churners of the waters of life, okay? The churners of the water of life. So it turns out that this story that I'm actually explaining to you in 2021 speak is not new. It's not actually an invention or me just making up stuff. 
right here, and I will come through this in an entirely different way. Like I come through this knowledge in an entirely different way and find out the knowledge is exactly true and already been talked about. So that's just the verification of the knowledge. But what, what the ancient texts say specifically is that to churn the milk, <laughs> there's a lot of milky-like substances that are used to create life, if you didn't notice. So to churn the milk, though, it was seen that there needed to be these two opposing forces, i.e. the angels and the demons, i.e. was that Asuras and the Ahuras, i.e. the seraphim and the cherubim, i.e. the fire, the water, Ra and Nu, meaning the positive and the negative. This is an organic generator, the source of generation. So when, you know, people want to create, you know, like the technology is the advanced one. The technology is not the advanced one. The physical technology, the wires, the, all that stuff, that's not the advanced one. Those things are, the, are actually taken directly from and replicated from their original systems and how they function. And we actually are living in one of them. And so this diagram that you're actually seeing here on the screen is pretty much how our body works. And that pole in the middle is actually our spine. And when the left and the right hemispheres of our consciousness begin to churn in their yin-yang-like logical-slash-spiritual flow, then they create life. And that's what I was saying before is that creating life is what we were created for. That's why we are in life. And so if you wanted to do something else in your life, you have to first adapt to the awareness of what you're actually here for in the first place. And then what you also see is the reason why we create life. Because somebody's like, well, why are we doing that? Uh, to preserve existence at this level, which is actually a, a miraculous achievement for us to be here conscious coming from nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? They always, we started from the bottom, now we're here. This is like, we started from nothing for real. <laughs> All of us. And then now we're here. And so to get to complaining about that seems a little bit silly. But very directly on this, this uh, particular diagram, as we're calling it, we're actually paying attention to certain forms. And I'm going to come back to this in a minute. But just remember, if you wanted to see this, you're, you're estranged, you're scientific you would actually, you know, have to kind of digest this first, just from a simple elemental level, positive and negative. These are the churners of the waters of life, okay? Now, for those of us who, you know, we like it straight, like give it to me just how it is, we have to go into the ancient knowledge because we're not sitting here with this, you know, fictitious GUI over our face imagining that everybody is a clay body <laughs> that life was breathed into and that there's absolutely nothing underneath the hood. It's like, yo, pop the hood, let me see what you got up into that cherubim seraphim body of yours. And then what you'll see is, is that now what you're looking at is some depictions and emulations of the cherubim throughout history, right? And her story. And it's just basically showing that there is a dialectic here. There's actually two primary life forms that all of humanity is originating from. But originating from in a way of what I was explaining earlier with this. That as you get further and further into this, this is what even in the Hindu text, have you ever noticed how they just be going in with the symbolism? It's like they got a cow, donkey, goat, fox, peacock kid running around. You see what I mean? It's like, what is that? What are they trying to explain? And this is what they're trying to explain. They're trying to really give you uh, insight on the genetic mixtures as we keep going here. 
And as you know, the animals and every single thing that we're living in, the air, the elements, all this is involved in the composition of what we're calling the, uh, what we're calling now the human being. But spirituality still is the study of spirits. And I, and, I, and I could be called a spiritualist. I could be called a occultist. So this means that this is my study. I call it a, being a metaphysician. And so in this case, that means I, I, I would need to be a little bit more. I can't just tell you, well, you got a neck ache. I got to be able to tell you, well, you know, your lumbar is cricket. Uh, it looks like you're putting too much pressure on your third disc of your spine. Looks like you got to, you know, I got to be able to, it looks like your, your chakra is emitting, you know, a, a, a different color than it's supposed to. It looks like, so I have to be able to analyze the situation and then from there begin to determine what I'm dealing with. But if I fail to look at the evidence, then I either am going to, I'm not only going to hurt somebody, I'm always going to be practicing. I'm never going to be a master. I'm always going to be practicing. I'm just guessing. And that's what folks be doing. They just guessing. Like I was seeing some folks today. I was like, man, they just guessing. I, I, I can see the passion though. They want to know. <laughs> so by all means, you know, yes, this knowledge needs to reach them so they can know because they have a passion to keep, you know, delivering knowledge and information, but they also have this, well, we'll, we'll fake it until we make it though. We'll just tell all out lies, stories, even just to keep everything going. When, you know, maybe they don't know the truth yet. And so to, tonight and all the time, because this is for everyone here that has been in tribe for at least three to four months, this is nothing new. It is more refined. So that's always pleasant. But this what we're seeing, we've seen this before in another scenario. So, again, when you're when you're discerning if someone is is connected, if they actually are. Are, are really bringing you something, then you got to be able to do that with something. You need to have a tool of measurement. So that's going to be you at this stage. It's going to be how much you know. So you're going to be to be able to authenticate because sometimes I read some ancient works and I can tell when there's going to be gems because I can tell right away if a person really knows the truth or not or whether they're just caught up in a different part of the, the lower levels of the initiation. And we're going to be talking about that here in a minute. Maybe they didn't ever even graduate it or finalize the initiation before they ran off and teach. You see that all the time. They're so starved for the attention, which is something that happens to us if we're, you know, when we're young and, you know, maybe your father's missing, your mother's missing, maybe your, your, your family was griping and grumbling, maybe your parents got divorced, all the different things that happen to where we feel like that we need attention. And so before they even graduate the course, they just go run out there and start becoming teachers in this knowledge and this wisdom without actually knowing about it completely themselves, never, uh, never finalizing their tutelage. So for me, it's really about, as I said before, I'm not this master guru sitting here in front of you telling you that I've been through all of this already and here it is, now I'm going to tell you how to do it. What I'm explaining to you is that this is the journey that I'm on in real time right now and I've had experiences to authenticate that what I'm bringing to you is exact. And I'm doing that so that way we can keep opening up a vista that may offer a greater level of potential for us than what is actually going on currently in the reality with Project Lockdown, basically. You see what I mean? So it's like now is the time to activate these powers. But if we don't know what we're activating and we don't know that we even need to know how to deactivate sometimes and that we need a ground. And if we're not going to treat this like it's a real tutelage, this is a school like Socrates, Plato, all these people, these Therians and all that, that this, this was serious, Pythagoras, et cetera. This is serious. This was serious to them. 
So speaking of serious, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Notice how, did we not catch how serious does basically this? You see how that forms three? Just take a look at it again. They already proved that serious and that, you know, the star system out there called weight, right? So this is the counterbalance for the cosmos. This is what's used to balance out the scales, so it shows once again that this yin, yang, yin, yang, positive, negative, positive, ra, nu, ra, nu, this energy is actually known throughout the cosmos to be how things are created. So this is why when our ancestors, when they're talking about, yeah, you know, we came from Sirius and there's something going on in Sirius and some, many of these angels, the air cherubim, seraphim, they come from Sirius. This is also what they're referring to. It's like a, a system in itself of generative it's a, a generative system of creation, first through energy and then through awareness. This is why now the, the strongest AI they have now that's open to the public is called Siri. So folks be calling on Sirius all day. Hey, Sirius. Hey, Sirius. Hey, Sirius. You sound like if I was an alien and I came here, all this would seem weird. Everybody wearing masks. They talking to these devices, talking about, hey, Sirius. This looks like Star Wars to me. So, but, but do you see how perception is? Right. Like it's even like now when you see somebody in VR and you're not in VR, that's, it look wild. It'd be like they punch it on the air and all this stuff. Imagine, you know, being a voyeur and just showing up in one of those stations and seeing all that goes on. Do you see how weird that really looks? Do you see how weird we really are? Right. But we want to normalize that because that makes us feel comfortable. But what at times we would have to do is realize that, yeah, if, if we understood just a little bit more about ourselves, to realize that, hey, um, it looks like that your ancestors, notice how the image on the right, which is actually, um, I think that's um, a moon, which actually is in itself a cow, or um, it, has, it has like a cow, it's a mammal face, but it's that master of perception that has carved that has also made it look like a cobra. So at a glance on the right, the image will look like a cobra at first with another cobra on top of his head. But then when you kind of focus your eyes, you'll see, oh no, that, that's, a, that's a calf of some sort. And it's because these are all not only real energies, but they're also symbols of the priestcraft in itself. This, of course, is seraphim. So it's just that awareness that, the top level to all of this, if you're not bottom feeding into just the derivatives, the, the, the lower levels of rule 30, you're just going to go right to the sources or close enough to the source to kind of see how things come into play and how they were formulated. And then because you'll have a direct image of how things started and how they were created, you'll just see that that image keeps repeating itself. As I said before, even if it goes from humanoid to human or human, human to humanoid or man to mankind, underneath all of that are still the same components of how things function and the same purpose. So let's keep going here. So we have a, a great image here again of cherubim, as you're seeing here, and seraphim, just as a quick acknowledgement that the ancestors referred to across all cultures this progeny this interaction between what now people are calling aliens in our world and they're not aliens they're actually the ancestors so they should have called it ancient ancestors rather than ancient aliens now there are ways though because see 
your environment definitely determines your mode of behavior. Your environment determines your mode of behavior. So the thing about even on a Syrian level, the difference between a cherubim and a seraphim is like the difference between fire and water. It's like the difference between a being that lives in a space, like in this case, seraphim live in what we would call the spiritual realm. So every single thing that they deal with is it generally has something to do with light, sound, tone, vibrations, those kind of things, because those are the things that, that those are the tools of their reality. And that's how that's the framework that they live in. So if all of a sudden you are propelled into the world of the seraphim, because you do have a portion of that type of energy within you, you would still have to learn how to adapt. And you would also see that their behaviors were a lot more different than from what you would be doing because you're from earth. <laughs> you see what I mean? And it's the same thing with the chair beam. Their world is totally different than how our world functions they are ancestors nonetheless, but because of the element that they actually live in, it makes them different. So your environment, for sure, as we've seen forever, your environment is going to control your behavior. And this environment is not just whether you live in the hood or whether you live in the suburbs. This is actually whether you live in fire or whether you predominantly live in water, etc., and the things that go on in that space and how things feel determine how you really are in your makeup. So if you want to go over to another being that lives into an entirely different world and try to convert them to democracy, <laughs> don't be surprised if you get a totally different response. And that's what I mean by what I mean by that is that we're always trying to bend everything else's existence to our level of perception as if it doesn't have its own perception. So we want to control every single thing and how it appears around us almost as if it's not independent itself of any perceptions that we impress upon it. And that is ego. That is conceit. It is actually the supreme aspect of us also. Some will try to deny it and say you cannot reach the supreme but I, uh, with, with it, but I will tell you you also cannot reach the supreme without it. So there's a part of us that we feel as originators. We feel as creators because we do it. Literally, we have children. We actually procreate. So we saw then that Sirius moves like a dynamo. And we saw that, and it also talks about this, the Dogans talked about this, that when those stars come together finally so close and then they send out that reverberation, that that actually is what sparks off new life through the cosmos. It's like an energetic fluctuation of orgasm across the entire cosmos that impresses every single thing in that space, in that range, in that frequency to generate, okay? So it's the reason why you feel attraction and it's the reason why you feel magnetism. So the more magnetism that you have, is actually the more traction that you have. And it's like you're pulling things to you. So they say, oh man, she's attractive or he's attractive. So you can already see that in this world, we have things that are different things that are attractive to different types of people. Some people money is attractive. Some people women are attractive. Some people intelligence is attractive. Some people aesthetics is attractive. Some people can go nuts on a leather bag. You see what I mean? So the levels of attraction vary. But as it's said in the ancient books, Sat is still known to be the highest truth. And I just want to break this down real quick because the Naga mentioned that Sat, also called uh, nowadays, um, 
Satan or Set was seen to be the highest truth. It was it was not Guru then. Guru was when the when the when would you almost get like a, a, a what we call a, a change of shift, okay? Because Guru is Jupiter, right? So before Guru in the area of the Naga, that was Sat's territory. And Sat was seen to be the highest truth because Sat was six or Sat was sex. Sex is the highest truth because the highest truth still is just creation. As we politely uh, uh, elaborated on just a moment ago that the whole purpose of procreation is to continue the existence within all of these planes. So this is why in the highest levels of occultism, it only involves orgasmic energy, tantric energy, etc., and utilizing those energetic components to actually manifest and create and impress upon things. Okay. But however, we can also see that that road into those mysteries is barred because uh, so the entered apprentice is barred from the world of tantra that's why all of the the spiritual books such as the islamic books and the bible actually restrict because of as abrahamic or aramonic if you really understand who it is traditions they bar the initiate initially from sex Okay, and that also works also in the mysteries that if you absolve for just one moment and take a moment to draw your energy back within, then you can build up your energy. So the two events that happened in the Abrahamic tradition that involve the greatest levels of, of, of atrocities in their worlds have everything to do with sex. So that's why sex becomes the devil or sex becomes Satan. And this, of course, is the, and the cherubim specifically mating with the daughters of women. And that's, of course, in the book of Enoch. And then also Adam and Eve, as it's called, uh, mating and coming together and creating Cain. So these are the two initial events that spark off, whether you're talking about Wujua Quran or the hidden, the hidden message, which was what really went on in the garden. Or you're talking about even before then of the, the, the actual cherubim uh, themselves be creating chimeras here on earth or actually creating kings or giants or kahims, which is where we get our word queens, which are basically hermaphroditic beings that actually became the leaders and the rulers and also the originators of the nations here in the world, respectively. So we have then... If we zoom into this, we have to now realize that, so how is it then, or what is the responsibility primarily of a seraphim, and what is the primary responsibility of a cherubim? Since while they do conflict, and generally anytime you see them coming together in history, there's always a big bang. Like putting together the lions with the snakes seems to always get the fire started. I'll say that again. Putting together the lions with the reptiles seems to always get the fire started. And as I said before, our ancestors showed us that they were masters of doing this because they created the cat. And the cat has the eyes of a reptile and the body of a mammal or a lion. Okay? So the seraphim in this case are actually the serpents. And very specifically, because they are also sometimes called the jinn or made of smokeless fire, meaning that visually you actually cannot see them. 
unless you're actually in the same body or the vehicle that you have that corresponds to the resonance of the space that they impress and live in and predominantly inhabit. So slightly out of the visual spectrum, the djinn or DJ, this is also why in the Bohemian Grove, when they show you at the bottom of the flower, they have the little totem and they call him DJ. Also inside of the comedic tradition, we have the Jed or DJED, which the Jed is actually symbolic to the, the, the rod in the back or the Kundalini rising, which is a, a living energy. It's not just some pole sitting there that they're creating electricity for mud flood for the, during the muff, before the mud flood period. It's actually a real living life form. And now, also, even in uh, Stargate SG-1, they try to depict the life form of the seraphim as being the thing that is in the head of the adherence of, uh, of what clearly is the Kemetan Empire. So, again, they talk about how this thing, it lives inside of their head, and it's like a life form, and it sits itself in the seat of a person's, in the seat of their head, and it controls everything. But remember, those are, again, diagrams of how the entire Adam Cadman is set up and that the seraphim who love to be on high set themselves up in the in the top of the consciousness. And this is why you would always see them either under the the uh, the symbolism of a serpent or a bird. We also know biologically a bird, uh, a snake becomes a bird, scales become feathers. So this is why it was always on the, the, the head of the crown because that is where the seraphim like to reside because naturally in their element, they are like light, okay? So they also, as being masters of the waveform, manipulate light, electricity, and sound in order to govern what is being perceived. And when you talk about spirituality and teaching spirituality or any of that initiatory aspects of things in the priestcraft is generally in the hands of the seraphim, meaning that when orders come down from on high, it's, it's passed from a seraphim to a cherubim. So literally it's passed from a positive, if you may, to a negative. And this is how a light switch works. O means open, a straight line means closed. Closed means the circuit works, open means the circuit doesn't work, which is actually opposite to how we think. This lets us know once again, you know, you have to play this back again later on for this to make sense, but we have a floating point in the center of our, our consciousness. So it means that we always don't have to be seraphimic cherubimic and act, like, act out accordingly every day in the reality that we can actually take the, the crown and, and the center of our consciousness and actually become the arbitrator between these two forces. And in that state, you become a supreme being. So for those that, are got, that got to catch out because it's been an hour for them and they're nodding off and you're looking sleepy, if you want to ask me what the purpose of all this is, I'm, I'm going to tell you directly it's because there has always been uh, I'm not sure if you want to call it a project, an agenda, an endeavor, a passion, a motivation, any of those things to create supreme beings. So our ancestors are looking to get supreme being out of us. Like they want to see us actually become supreme beings. And they will keep taking us through the process. See, now our definition of a supreme being is going to be different than probably what it really is as we come to more and more awareness of what it is to be a supreme being. So even if I said, well, the goal is, is that they actually want to create gods. 
your idea of what a God is will probably be totally different than to what they perceive and know a God actually is. Because you may still be thinking from that simplistic yin-yang humanistic binary status. You see what I mean? While the intention is for you to actually become trinary, if you may, or singular, if you may. And in that process, you may go through all of this yin-yang, all of these different initiations, all these different things that are happening to you, these different sexes. You come out as a female, you come out as a male. So all of these different things will happen as you're gaining more experience about how to be a supreme being. So when you're back there whining because maybe you took on the wrong partners, then still remember that that was the overall objective and goal. And for those that are guided, the goal will be reached. And I'm telling you, if you're here today by laws of resonance, you would not be here listening to this if, if you didn't have that same guidance and that same frequency that's saying, yo, just pay attention to what's being said. Seraphim, cherubim. Okay, so now let's just imagine the cherubimic world because as I said to you before, so if you see the seraphim, by, by order of creation, they are actually above cherubim in a certain way. But you would never be able to uh, get a cherubim to acknowledge that. <laughs> and I'll just say it like that, that you got real beef, as I mentioned, going on in these worlds. Because, again, as I explained, you get you get um, variants. <laughs> it's not exactly like the originals because the originals are the parents. These are more of like the children and then kind of how they see things, because also some of them are mixed seraphim and cherubim now. It's going to all depend. <laughs> you never know what you may get. But very specifically, also, there's one more thing that I wanted to mention about the cherubim. Or excuse me, the seraphim. They're big on purity. And I can tell you that whole idea of purity, pure bloodline, all of that, don't made into the family, which was originally starting in Al-Kibulan with some of the ancient tribes never marrying outside of the tribe and keeping every single thing in the blood and in the memories and the, the controlling of the spice, et cetera, within those families. That is seraphimic. They are purest. Our word pure comes from fire, right? And the word seraphim comes from seraph. Uh, seraph is a fire or fiery being, okay? So just directly, that's why Kundalini is a seraphim. It's, a, it's involved in initiations and priestcraft stuff, okay? But in that respect, there's this thing about purity, and so it's important to understand that also because that's why when you generally see any kind of spiritual priestcraft initiation, oh, man, we, let's clean up, let's get pure, let's not do any sins, let's do no sex, let's not taint ourselves, let's not, because that, that's that side of the brain again. You remember that side of the brain I was telling you about, the good angel? The seraphim love to take the role of being the good angels, okay? So now that you understand that, we move over then to cherubim, and cherubim, to understand cherubim is like, now somebody's got to now do, <laughs> let me say the dirty work, the, the load. Something's got to carry the load. Something's got to come into what we would call the physical and actually begin to set out governance in the physical. This is also called the, guberna, the gubernator or the gubernatorial, which actually refers to a ship of government. Okay, and these are cherubimic forces. Now, the cherubimic forces generally go under the symbol of a horn because all of the cherubim themselves, the original cherubim are horned gods. Now, this is what becomes interesting because the, the cherubim in many ways were also purist. 
So when you can see a human being, a human being is of deep level into the chimeric mixing because we also contain our mother, which is actually more of a cow goddess. Okay, especially our sisters, right? So we got we got a cow goddess, we got you know uh, uh, a horn god, or or um, what you would say is a um, man. The term that I'm looking for, I have to come back to this. But basically, what I'm saying is is that like because you know you still kind of get the cow goddess still within the horn tradition. That's kind of what tripped me up there. But it's very specific that the Ar- Ariman, also known as Abraham, who you're looking at right here was the son of the cow goddess. But Ariman is the architect because the cow goddess actually metaphysically impregnated herself with her own son. So she was parthenogenic in that respect. Parthenogenic is when you can generate from yourself. This is the being they sometimes call Gaia. So in her projection or her, her own orgasm, she created her own son. And this is how life began here on planet Earth. Or you could call it another planet. You could call it wherever you want. But that's how it starts. And that, that is why a lot of people are, are not, a, not aware because they can't fathom. Well, when you see the Virgin Mary, which is now what, what, who the, who the uh, mother goddess is now, when you see the Virgin Mary, she's holding her son. So you, that's Madonna holding her son. But you're not realizing in the mysteries, it's known that the, her, her son is also her husband. So here we are. We're at the highest peak that we can reach in humanity before we blow up and into that next phase. And because we were aware of this, this coming, we built something special to be able to house all of our uniqueness to be able to actualize this final mission. The energy is incredible. It's our opening into infinity, a way that we all learn how to connect and we benefit from that connection in so many different ways. But more than anything, it's love. It's the connection fully present and it's real. It's the only app out there that I see that is truly uniting people with the unified cause of unlocking uniqueness. So every time you jump in there, it's got something special for you, and it's pointing you inward. That's what we say here. Go inside, and you'll find us all there.